Welcome to Topple Uncaged. I'm Steve Topple and you're locked on to the UK's hottest politics and music podcast. Each week I bring you the rawest takes on the big stories making the news, always joined by a very special guest. Then I pleasure your mind, body and soul with the freshest, most banging international music going. My guest on today's show is one of the most respected, one of the most influential and one of the most prolific artists of the past two decades. To say he blazes a trail with his music would be doing his music and sore injustice in my opinion because he produces some of the most conscious work going, not least with his latest album which has just dropped in the past week and again to say it is a stunning project would be doing it a misjustice. It is absolutely fantastic but we will be getting into that and all sorts of other things in the main part of this interview. I'm very, very, very excited to have this guest on. Um, I've wanted to have him on for ages but the the fact he's released an album is perfect timing because we can talk about that lot. So it's my pleasure to introduce for the first first time to the podcast the incredible Luton Fire. Luton, thank you so much for coming on to do this. I'm very, very humbled and very excited to be able to speak to you. Yes, greetings one and all. I'm thankful for the privilege to be here with you today to talk about the music and the Luton Fire, the world at large. Yeah, give thanks. Respect to all the people who tune in now. And I hope you enjoy this program today. I think they will because, Luton, you are always amazing. The interviews I've listened to you doing, so I think it's going to be great. And we are here to talk about the music and everything else surrounding it. I just want to I want to do a bit of housekeeping, I suppose, because we're kind of getting towards the end of festival season. And obviously you've been out here, there and everywhere. I mean, how's it been for you this year? Because the revival movement um, in itself has kind of been blowing up quite a lot this year. There's some artists who are doing great things and, and making a lot of noise and getting themselves heard. I mean, how, how's festival season been for you this year compared to other years? What's, what's the vibe been like? Oh, festival season for Luton for this year, 2019. Most of the time I spent in Jamaica, we did not do a lot of shows. Ah, okay. We were spending the time in the studio trying to fine-tune this uh, longest sliver album. And then we did not um, go out this year a lot. We went to Texas and we also went to... Yeah, we went to Texas. That's the only place I think we did this year. Okay, yeah. was that strange then, not not being out mm-hmm. on the road this year? Mm-hmm. It's kind of strange, but music is life and we'll continue to do this and forever. And music is here to attract the people. And I think when the time is right, they'll call Loot and Fire. I think they will indeed, especially after what you've just released, Lute. And we have to now talk about Longest Liver. It is your newest album, um, released um, just last week, actually. <sighs> Where to begin with it, my goodness. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal. 
Um, we'll, I'll talk about the intricacies of it and we'll get into some detail and talk about the meat on the bones of the album in a little while. But just, just in short, I mean, it, it's over two years since your last release, which was uh, Music Never Dies in 2017. Yeah. But the project, how long did it take Longest Liver to come together? How long was the project in the making? Okay, I can, I can tell you exactly how this project got started, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we went on tour, it was in Sweden, and the bass player, we call him Chuck Buck, Steve Lock. Okay. See? And we were on our way, that was in 2014. When we were on our way home, he told me, yo, you need to come by and do some work, you know? But when I go to that studio, it was like me and him and me, this, uh, Tony Mataran, everybody was there ready to work. So then, with that, I chose to start working with Steve Lock, brother that is Adrian Lock. And from that night, we, we come together with a song we call, um, Well, I have three money and bank book. Say not a dime now, yes. Still, they go and look. And it started <laughs> from that night, you know? Amazing. And that was 2015 and on tour and off tour and Papa and sing two songs. Organize ourselves together, call the musicians, get um, beats done. And we work and work until we got it completed this year. Yes. And in our, in our creation, we did want to use the Jamaica genres of music, which was the skia, the, the, the Jamaica soul music, like, you know. Mm-hmm. We also did, we were trying to inter- use the raw reggae vibes so that it complement the culture of Jamaica music from that time to this time. And I think it worked well, and I'm thankful. Work well? <laughs> it works amazingly. Um, work well is an understatement, and it's fascinating that it's been <laughs> that, that long in the making. I mean, let's, let's talk about it, because it's, I mean, it's, it's certainly... Okay, it, let me tell you. Go on. Let me tell you. We start this album, and we were on it. And then somehow, I was out of that project for a while mm. until one day I went to check my virgin Fountain Moja we cook some fish and drink some sip and smoke herbs mm. and then he said to me hey Adrian Lock that's the producer for Longest Liver he sent me a rhythm you know, you know Lothan you're a bad artist and more your vibes this rhythm and same time I remember that wow me and Adrian have a project going so when I advised the song at Fantan's place and sent it to Adrian, he was like, whoa, well out and there. So drive come link, man. We, we move off on the project again from that time. You know? <laughs> yes, sir. So that's how it really started and come about. Oh, that's such a great story. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Mm-hmm. And um, do you, when you, you said about how it it's, um, incorporates all sort of the musical history almost of Jamaica, you're absolutely spot on. I mean, it's, it's, quite, it's in contrast to Music Never Dies in some respects because yeah. it's so musically eclectic. It's, I, I've played it one, two, I played it four times now, um, and every time, okay. the, the, for me, the mark of a, a, a superb project, Luton, is that well, I can listen to it and listen to it and listen to it again, and I keep hearing different things musically. Um, for me, mm. that's always a sign of how sterling something is. And it is, it's just this glorious mix of all different styles. Yeah. So you go, for a few examples, um, we've got Don't Put Your Trust, um, which is this brilliant mix of roots with... Trust. 
talking about politics. <laughs> exactly yes. that, yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk about. This. Let me tell you again. Let me tell you again. Mm-hmm. All these songs were created on the spot. No, they Stop were it. never an idea. They were never outlined a sentence that this is what we're going to sing about tonight, and this is the concept of the song. Adrian mm. Lock is the producer. Yo, we have a chemistry, and he allows me to work and. It came out easy. This is what he said. Yo, Lord and Fire is the easiest man to come up with, with songs. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe you. I'm sorry, I can't believe you did it like that. That's absolutely Let me tell you, amazing. all my songs are on the spot. Everything I sing is right there. Everything. That, well, then it's even more <laughs> impressive, I have to say. I mean, just... <sighs> Okay, to go through some of the tracks, you've thrown me somewhat there by telling me that, but I, I will compose myself because I'm even more excited about it now. Um, some of the tracks, Luton. Um, so don't put your trust as you just wonderfully sung for me just then. Uh, it's this brilliant mix of uh, kind of its roots with some more traditional Afrobeat, and there's, I, I'm hearing some calypso elements in there. You then yeah, go on to yeah. a track like Please, which is this heavy kind of soul laced track, completely yeah. in contrast. Um, Money and Bank Book kind of this this uh, modern kind of afrobeat sound which is very big at the minute but with a more soul and depth than a lot of the modern yes. afrobeat has longest liver the title track which is kind of scar influenced um seven million soldiers which is pure kind of traditional african folk music is almost this sort of song of praise mm-hmm. and then sing praise yeah. which is more traditional roots you then go into all for you which is goes into lovers rock territory with these kind of soulful do-wop vocals meant to be then just mixes everything up completely and it's like a modern r&b track which puts me in mind a kind of chris brown and neo um Uh never say never which is brilliant track with beanie man this kind of pop reggae um infused track and it's it's just this kind of melting pot of different styles but what you've done so masterfully on it is none of it feels out of place it is all perfectly okay. positioned perfectly constructed everything works well together and it, and it feels like it's it's meant to be this fusion of music and fusion of genres and fusion of of styles from all all across the world but as you say all which also have their their basis in Jamaican music it's it's perfection it's absolutely yes, fantastic. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it. I'm, I'm always fascinated when an artist goes from doing a project like Music Never Dies, which has m- more had its basis and roots, to doing something so musically diverse and eclectic like this. Was it? Was it a conscious decision to do something that was this sort of experimental and this fusion kind of project or was it how it came out or what 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 was the process behind making this kind of record this time the process is that as you started out you were mentioning the new um revival and Mm -hmm. the new sound that is coming out you know plus i spent some time in africa and i hear a lot of sweet sounds which they call afrobeat Yes. And then I see the change right across the world where the genres are, genres of music are mix, mixing and create a, creating a contemporary sound, which they call the same genre, like reggae. They would do um, dubstep, and to mm. me, it's a piece of reggae kind, you know? So, yeah, that is, absolutely. It, yeah, and the, the dubstep is getting huger and huger every day. So with that, now I come into my conscious self and say, well, 
youth and fire for years they've been doing a kind of music consistently and then the people appreciate respect what you do so now you may have to sing more you may have to sing and dance all more you may have to try some ment or some other things and this um producer asian luck he was up to my idea of just creating something feeling contemporary but it is our roots and culture and that is, that is exactly what you've created i mean do you, was it um do you think it's important as well for for the for music and artists who have their basis in roots? Do you think it's important to diversify like this to keep trying to push the message on on different platforms and appeal to different sort of ears and different people as it were? Yes. It, do you think this is the way forward? Yes, I think we should incorporate different sounds that attract different people in our music. Knowing that our reggae music is worldwide and people love it but they new fans of music today they want to hear the songs that they like and for us to be continued attractive to them we have to do what they like not to change the root of what we are doing but to connect with the people through the music that they like you know what i mean because it's a message no exactly yes, I, I think you're correct um absolutely and i think i mean but i was chatting to um i had um third world on a few weeks ago and i was chatting to the guys from third world and talking about their sort of development as 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 a act over the years and of course back in the 80s when they sort of blew up um they got a lot of criticism from mostly american journalists for mixing Mm -hmm. roots Mm -hmm. and soul didn't they um yes for straying almost (laughs) some some people might have said from sort of authentic roots and Mm -hmm. but but they did it and they still maintained the message and so this this kind of diversification is not new i think it kind of goes in waves doesn't it and 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 that third world song is more relevant today yeah than the gritty raw reggae song that people were trying to say they should play yeah so now with with what is happening in reggae across the world there are a lot of new reggae band emerging, even in America and in Europe. And what they are doing is, is using other music to influence the reggae German bass so that when you hear their show, is a reggae show, but with sounds that you may hear in rock, sounds you may hear in, you know, country or in pop, you know, but it is reggae, you know what I mean? The kind of that root base, that root rudiment of creating the muse. No, absolutely, it is. And I, I, I respect do- that, and this is what I'm inspired to do these days. You know, yeah, trust me. No, absolutely. No, I do. I do think it, it is the way forward. But what, of course, you have done, and this is the whole point, is is created a project as well, which is full of strong socially and politically conscious and spiritual messages i mean you cover you cover a multitude of subjects in Luton, um politics money in the financial system violence africa and colonialism spirituality and mm-hmm. faith it, it's a complete every track has a as a point to it and it has an extremely extremely important message on each one which of course we've come to expect from you and this is why um, longest liver as a whole package is so so strong because while you have diversified your music and you've done and but i have to say as well i haven't said it and i should say it because i always think it's very important to recognize yeah. it production and arrangement is top quality as well whoever did your production it is 
absolutely it's, spot on brilliant production yeah i have to compliment adrian because trust me there we go it's me and him sit and do that that is adrian lock mm-hmm. the producer lock city records yeah excellent he and i when he need a drum line he may call um a, a drummer or maybe he need a bass line he may call one of those prominent bass man mm-hmm. he may call cat or to to play a flute or to play a cello you know what i mean mm-hmm. So this is how this was created. And all the musicians that played on this album, they play with their whole art. It's not a money thing. No, absolutely. And it, it comes through as well. That, like I said, the production is top quality, as is the arrangement instrumentation. But very, very, very conscious, as I said, lots of messages in there. Don't go anywhere unless you're grabbing yourself a tea, coffee or any other form of refreshment because me and Luton will be back in just a few seconds. I mean, with with the way the world is now, Luton, and for me, it's there's more political and social chaos, if you like, than I think we've had in the past few decades. And you've obviously been an artist for several decades now. Do you think the world needs roots-based music that is conscious and that has spiritual and social and political messages? Do you think the world needs it more than ever? at any point in recent times there's a need for it greater now to have music which is going to help people understand what's happening in in the world and and the path they need to be on yes i really do think the world need this conscious sound because if you check the history of this music and time when this music was um played all over popular and people like bob marley was around Mm. burning spear was more active the world was more a peaceful place, you know, mm. because reggae get attracted to the world right after the Second World War, when people are in turmoil mentally, emotionally, and in stress. So when they hear this reggae sound, it kind of ease the pressure that they face in their day-to-day life. And this is what the world needs today. But if it is not attracting the younger generation, it won't work. The music has have to be played in a kind of way that magnetizes young people. And that's the way the roots and culture can be downloaded in the, the, the world populace mind so that they can see another way, a better way. Each one can become a leader and raise the standard by which they judge themselves. If we all get a collection of this music, this sound, and take the essence that each song is trying to project. It is important for us to sing and pray hard for the preservation of world peace or pray for the peace that we need, sing for the peace that we need, because music is life. After a man's dinner, after a man's anything he do, you need to hear a song. Yeah, but the roots and culture-based music has to be with somewhat, of a fun song, something people can dance to, laugh to, and even party to. But the message is always clear that we need to be uplifted from the stage of immorality that we are at today. 
I think that's an absolutely brilliant summing up of the situation. And, and you touched on something very important there, actually, that the music needs to be, if people want to dance to it, they can dance to it. If they, if they want yes. to relax to it, they can relax to it. If it's, if, if it's yes. about true spiritual love, not corporate love, then they, they yeah. can listen to it then as well. But you're right, there has to be a point to it and, and a message mm-hmm. throughout. And yeah, I think it's extremely important at the minute. I do think, I think if more people tuned in do you know what the i think the problem is actually loot and people just tend to listen and they don't always hear does that make yeah. sense yes they don't always hear they don't people that hear and got it downloaded are like-minded people you know mm. people that may think are similar have similar mental vibes as the artists according to the song that they listen you know what i mean so they attract to it because they are a part of that root but some people just see it as a nice song, a good vocal, a nice melody. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I think I think the more people. And I think I think it, it it is up to the younger generation, even the ones people would call new revivalists, to get the people in a way that people listen to them, and you know, vibe with them. You know, just as all people normally would listen to a Bob Marley and vibe with a Bob and change their life because of the music. You know, this is what I think the new revival youth should work to get the people in their fold so that they can really, you know, carry a multitude with them. You know what I mean? And I don't want to see it as just gathering fans to do a big show. Yeah, I want to see it as we're gathering people for the betterment of humanity, you know? I think you're spot on. And there, I mean, the, one of the standout artists for me who does that so well is Kabaka Pyramid. I had him on a few weeks ago. I met him while he was in London. And what he mm-hmm. does so well is, I mean, Contraband last year was a brilliant, brilliant record. Um, Great. Infusing. Great. Yeah, and just sensational, sensational record. But what he does so well is he he releases a track like reggae music, which is something people can dance to and brock out to. Yes, yes. Crowd-pleasing. And then he hits you with a track like um, Borders with Stoneboy Mm. with the searing message about uh, the sort of the political implications of immigration policy and refugees. And and it was such a perfect, perfect balance. And and he, like I say, draws people in with reggae music. Then when you listen to the album, he hits you with serious messages. Yes, yes, that's the mission, really, you know? Mm. Yeah. Because in this world today, we got people, they don't know if they're going backward or forward, you know, and they need something to hold on to, you know. And sometimes the music is what keep them alive after work, back home, in their kitchen, in their restroom, you know. So with that vibe that the people have connected to music, roots and positive vibes to a melody is important. Yeah, because music is pure melody, but if it's not conscious words, it going you know, send people the wrong way. I think, you know. I think you're spot on. I think that's absolutely, absolutely what it is. And I mean, what's also central to 
to Longest Liver and also central to a lot of artist work and it is of course the motherland and the influences the influences musically throughout it are extremely clear but also the the spiritual influence is there throughout it as well very 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 central to everything about about the project I mean was was it important to you to put Africa left right and center to to this album was was that again a, a conscious decision to make it so prominent throughout well yes africa is millions of people and if you check um even a poor man in africa have an android or iphone so they can always find a loot and fire so penetrating that market is important it's like the future you know what i mean and these people are true fans you already gravitate to your music. They love you forever. Yes, I. No, absolutely. I, I think you're quite right. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of artists who are who are doing a lot of work on Africa, but also to raise awareness of the continent and and what's going on there. Um, there's a brilliant artist called King Mass um, who released. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know him, excellent. I know, I know King Mass. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. He released a fantastic album early in the year, Crown, absolutely brilliant. He's currently he's in the motherland at the minute, and he's doing like a, this project, Hundred Days in Africa, where he's he's touring around and trying to get some truth out there about what the continent and its people are like instead of what the media in the west would have you believe um yeah because go on the media the media and the books most people in the west here who are attracted and know that we should know about africa they read a lot of books and they follow what the media say but being in Africa, it's a, is a total different something. People are different from what we see in a movie about Africans or what we hear on news about Africans or what we read in the books about Africa. The tribism in Africa is very powerful where you can sit here with 10 different men or women and they all are from different traditions, different origin, different parts of Africa. And their idea of how to live is totally different. But yet they all live in one harmony. You know? It's not like what the media would say. People fight because of their tribe and it is widespread in Africa. When these things happen in Africa, it is some foreign influence because of some mineral. Mm, yeah. we know it, you know? But Africa, the continent of Africa is a brand new place and it's also the last good place. And I think for investment, for education, for, and for everything the future may need to prolong, Africa is that place. No, I think you're spot on. You made a really, really important point there, actually, which sort of triggered a little thought in my mind. I mean, you said about um, it's usually when there's warring, warring issues in Africa, it's usually due foreign influence about minerals. And that is exactly yes. so. I mean, I always say that africa is is still under the sort of shackles of colonialism Mm -hmm. but it's it's more corporate colonialism now where you have economically africa is under control by their colonial masters Mm -hmm. each country is run by the people who were their masters back in the time so then if africans do investment in the world they will end up after try to get loans and borrow. So then what you may see is that Africa owes Europe. But when you check, Europe take more than what Africa, they say Africa owes. 
10 times mm-hmm. per annum. And then <clears throat> for when, when you see wars even in the middle of Africa, where that country is the richest country and planetary in terms of mineral, that is what we used to call Zaire. We, they call it um, next door to Congo, Rwanda, and these areas. Yeah. A rich mineral place, and there's always war and fighting. Is always fighting and war with big machine guns, and these people can't afford to buy a bag juice. And they got rifles, millions and billions of dollars to support a war that they don't know about. Just because of minerals. And we're going to sing about these things also. No, absolutely. I think you need to. And yeah, it's such an important point, and it's it's it, that the, the actual reality of what's going on is quite, especially in the UK, it's lacking in the media the actual true true situation. But I mean, in what yeah. I, I, I always say that, and people don't realise this, one of the UK, I think it's now the second biggest export the UK has is precious metals and minerals. We ain't getting them in this country. We're pillaging them from Africa and then selling them through the London Stock Exchange is what's happening. Yes, yes. And then if the world was conscious enough, no one would have a hundred or an iPhone. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That is blood. It's like diamond. Exactly. And it's all of the the expense of the Central African Republic, of the Democratic Republic of Congo. Sorry. I mean, carry on. For there is a part of um, the Congo where this man, Napoleon, not Napoleon, this king of Belgium, mm. you were living there. When the Europeans were dividing Africa in the 52, he declared that this is none of the 52. This is my land. Okay? So then he lived there until he died. Then us, the Africans, we move across and live. Then all of a sudden, there's a big war on that land. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And then the war is done. People died. There were gas burned, bulldozed off the land. And then you see a lot of new, um, what do you call them, tractors and bulldozers zooming in. That land is pure coal tank. So what they do, they create the war to wipe the people from the land. Then they take the land to make iPhone and Android <laughs> for us to use mm-hmm. WhatsApp and Skype. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That is the sort of basic situation, isn't it, really? I mean, but do you, I mean, do you think there's hope, though, for the continent and its people? Do you think we're heading to a time where it might begin to break these, these shackles of what's now more corporate colonialism, but it is still colonialism, essentially. Do you, th- do you think we're, we're moving towards a point where that might happen soon? Yes, seriously. You see, when all people that are conscious of this violent atrocities that is on Africa come together through education, we all going to use ourselves through negotiation. Maybe not now, maybe at the next hundred years, to clear all the debts Africa have. And through education, we're going to have proper leaders in Africa. Because if you check, the world needs Africa. The world needs Africa. And sees Chinese zooming 
and controlling everything in Africa now. Yeah. Because Africa is future. And future won't be with poverty and war. Future would be with educated people, skilled and trained workmen. And that is Africa. No, I think you're absolutely correct. You made, again, you made another important point there. Is something, especially the situation with Sudan and South Sudan. People don't understand that essentially it's it's a war playing out between the West and China because you had Sudan, which was which was would geopolitically aligned to China, and then obviously South Sudan, which was geopolitically aligned to the West. And again, we're just seeing yeah. other people's battles played out at the expense of yeah. the people on the continent. It, it really annoys. I, I get. I, I, I read and read and try and understand it as much as possible. And really, it's really an infuriating issue for me. Um, it's like the world has, has never moved on. But just, I want to sort of change subject a bit here, Luton, and yeah, uh, yeah. I want to uh, pose, it's probably a difficult question, actually, but I'm going to be cheeky and ask it. I mean, you, you've had such an immense, immense back catalogue, and it, it's hard to pinpoint for me what exactly is sort of your standout tracks um, over the years because it is huge um but has there been any one project or any one album or any one track for you which you think has maybe sort of summed up you as a artist but as a spiritual being as well that has summed up you the best is there anything that stands out for you which you think yeah that was kind of well, my, my pinnacle um i have a song i call perfect storm i think that is a summary of my longest liver living it's not on the album mm. but perfect storms it expresses how I feel about life itself in what I'm doing, how I escape the troubles, the kind of mentality I have to use to stay safe. This song, Perfect Storm, summarizes all that. And I think that is me. A perfect storm, you know? I don't know. I think it's a great analogy. Love it, love it, love it. I could chat to you for hours, Luton. There's so much we could actually... Because I've got... I always have my script, and I've got my script, and I've been looking at it, and I was sitting and thinking, I wish I'd just torn it up and chatted to you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the reason, right? Exactly. Exactly. I could talk to you for hours, especially about politics and social issues. You're absolutely fascinating. But we do have to wrap this up. I mean, just to just to conclude, what's what's in store for the rest of 2019 for Luton? Because I believe a little bird tells me that you're coming to the UK in December. Is that correct? Have you yes, got something I'll going be, on? I'll, yes, I'll be in, I'll be in, um, in England in December. That's the 6th of December, which is my earth strong. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'll be performing Fox and Firkin, that is in Lewistown. I know it, yeah. And Fire Live, I'll be there on the 6th for my earth strong birthday. I never did this, but I chose to come to England because I know England is like Jamaica plus. A lot of people may like Luton for your music, but never seen me perform before. So I'm trying to forward there to just express on my earth strong. That sounds absolutely fantastic. I, I'm l- looking forward to that immensely, and I will have to see if I can get down there to see that. So, absolutely brilliant. Oh, it's Fox and Firkins that is in Lusham, 6th of December, Luton for your life. I would love all the people who love Luton for your music to come and pack up the place and bring a friend with you, you know? There we go. Luton has told you. 
Fox and Firkin, Lewisham, 6th of December, gets there. That is going to be amazing. Wow, Luton, thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, as I said, Longest Liver, it is absolutely sensational. I would urge everyone to download it. Links to download it will be, of course, in the show notes to this, as will all the details about Luton and hopefully some details of his UK show, 6th of December, Fox and Firkin, Lewisham. Excellent. But for the minute, Luton, what an enjoyable interview. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yes, respect and thanks for having Luton for it's a privilege. Respect again. Yes, I. And then the people can find Luton Fire at Luton Fire Music, that is Instagram, and on Facebook, that is Anthony Luton Fire Martin. And you can find me through my management team, that is Mind Blowing Production. Email address is ness at mindblowingproductions.com. Ness, N E S S, at mindblowingproductions.com. Find me, locate me. We can make music, we can do business, we can have fun musically. Blessed love. What need more needs to be said? Luton, thank you. Respect, Jaliv. Goodness gracious me, what a star Luton Fire is. I had such a great time chatting to him. He is so insightful and so passionate about everything he does, from music to his social views to his spirituality. Absolutely fantastic guy, fantastic artist, and fantastic voice of the people as well. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Loved every second of that, as I did his new album, Longest Liver. And here is the title track from the album. Check this out. It's absolutely amazing. It is Luton Fire with Longest Sliver, loose and fire, longest sliver, check it out. Because I am rest a man, why? Every day me have to face bad energies In a Babylon disaster plan They always accuse I Criticize my identity Them see the evidence prove right Still they try to condemn me One look at my eyes They use their thoughts and brutalize me But you they know that we are The moment they hear my voice they criticize me How you getting by, stressor? Yo, you're man Just when 
and I stay in my park. Become flex and we look too dark. Because I don't speak how you talk or to the signature, you're not things and smart. You see my turban, what you think that I'm too rough on? And that's it. Another very special episode of Top Rank Caged is done. I'd like to thank my fantastic guest this week, the incredible Luton Fire. Follow him on Twitter. It's at Luton Fire One. As always, behind the scenes, thank you to the love of my life, the gorgeous Nicola Jeffrey. Follow her on Twitter. It's at Nicholas C. Jeffrey. My man behind the booth, sound engineer Gav Pause. Follow him on Twitter. It's at Pause with AZ Radio. And my in-house singer, it's Ray Star Music. Follow her on Twitter. It's at Ray underscore Star One One Three. Thank you to the Canary for uncaging me. I will see you again soon. Uncaged.